Welcome to The Practice Podcast, a show created by lawyers to help lawyers in life and business without all the complicated lawyer language. Let's welcome Bast Amron founders and your hosts, Jeff Bast and Brett Amron. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Brett. How are you? Great. You know, I've been hearing from a lot of people that they like the banter between us. Banter. Yeah. Let's have some of that. Do you, is there anything you want to talk about today before we introduce our guest? I just, no. You're just happy to be here. I am thrilled. All right. Well, I'm excited about this special guest. She is, she's she's an, an alum. Yeah, she's a Bass Damron alumni. You just wow. gave away a big secret from the intro. Did I? But no, it's not. <laughs> All good. I think the listener already will know when they're listening to the podcast because it's going to be that's true they will have the seen title. it yeah that's true so good i don't point. think i'm giving good anything point. away okay all right excellent thank you for clarifying that banter angela fiorentino angela is general counsel for a series of factoring companies owned by gulf coast bank and trust company she began her career as a stockbroker and later was the chief compliance officer at a broker dealer. While working in the financial industry, she got a degree in accounting and then went to law school. And she began working for a premier Miami based law firm where she handled complex commercial litigation and creditor rights matters. In 2017, she sadly left us moving to another part of the state. But in 2017, she joined Amerifactors Financial Group. That's one of the several factoring companies owned by Gulf Coast Bank and Trust, where she basically created its legal department. And she was recently promoted to general counsel for all of Gulf Coast's factoring companies. And she's currently working to build out a, a legal department in that role. As general counsel, Angela handles all aspects of the company's legal needs. And when necessary, she utilizes her litigation experience, that much of which she learned from the great Brett Amron. She uses that experience to develop and execute collection strategies that benefit not only the factoring companies that she works for, but also their respective factoring clients. She minimizes the risk and increases the revenue for everyone. It's a win-win. Welcome, Angela. And congrats. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Congratulations on your promotion to general counsel. Thank you. That's exciting. I'm very excited. I, I just want to see how many times you could say the word factor. Factor. In one well, sort of setting. Yes. Well, she's working for several. You're, how many factoring companies do you work for? So there are seven. Seven divisions and subsidiaries that I'm working for. Not all of them are factoring. Only about five are factoring. There's also leasing and ABL. ABL being asset-based lending for our listener. Yes. Case that Yes. Oh, our listeners know that, but... Maybe there there's might, one. There might have been one there or two. Been one right that doesn't right know, yeah. So congratulations on you know where you're at in your career. It's fantastic. Tell us what you've had in terms of transition, right, from private practice into a an in-house role. You know, some of the challenges and, and some of the stuff, you know, that you learned that really helped you. Initially, I law is my second career. So I, I started out in business, started as a stockbroker and sort of identified the needs of that company and transitioned that into achieving more in my career. So for example, you know, I became a stockbroker and then there was of course the September 11th attacks in 2001 and there was all this increased regulation on broker dealers. And so I saw a need on behalf of my broker dealer for somebody to be 
to be devoted to compliance. And so I made a proposal to the president of the company and he liked it. I transitioned into that role. So I was interacting with regulators and I was doing internal audits before I left for law school. So, you know, for me, I think achieving career success starts with both internal and external networking. I went to law school and then, you know, basically networked my way into a job with you guys. I worked for, you know, the Department of Justice, the U.S. trustee, and met you guys through that role and and worked for you for a while. But obviously, Orlando is home and you understood when I wanted to come back here. But that transition involved networking too, right? So I, I was talking to people from the Orlando area and, you know, getting to know people in in the field where I wanted to transition. And I went to another, to a large law firm in the Orlando area initially, and then transitioned to Amerifactors. And to be honest with you, the Amerifactors transition sort of fell into my lap. For that reason, I think it's important to be open to new opportunities, even if you think it's not necessarily something you're interested in. Um, A recruiter contacted me about being in-house counsel for Amerifactors. And I felt like I was at a good place in the law firm where I was. And I said, you know what? I'll talk to these people anyway. And I did. And and I loved the personalities and decided to make the switch. And really is one of the best career moves that I've made. So I think being open to new opportunities was an important part of my career trajectory. Yeah. It sounds like, though, not only were you open to new opportunities, but you created opportunities along the way. One of the things you mentioned from the first stage was that you participated, you said networking outside and in, inside. And so that internal networking, I wanted to key in on, you know, you basically developed that compliance officer role at your company. And you, you consider that to be internal networking? Yeah, I do. And and there's actually, there's a lot of similarities as, as outside counsel and as in-house counsel, I think, for that, that internal, what I call internal networking. When I worked for you guys, when I worked for a large firm after that, I tried to get to know people just on, you know, and I like talking to people. And so I think, I think that helps, but to get to know people on a friendly basis. And then if, if, they had a big case or there was a case that I was interested in, I could, I could approach them and say, Hey, I, I heard about this new case. I'd like to work on it with you and, and sort of earn myself business in the outside counsel law firm role. Mm. And then I do, you know, sort of a similar thing internally. I, I did it both at the broker dealer and now in my current role where, you know, I just get to know people from other offices and, and just, sort of casually have a conversation with them and then identify a need here for Gulf Coast Bank and Trust, they had a need for an attorney to take advantage of economies of scale over all of the different factoring divisions. You know, I had made these internal connections and I saw this need for an attorney to, to take care of all of the divisions and I made a proposal to the president of the bank. I think internal networking is important no matter where you are. Yes, opportunities arise, but you're, you're in a position, you put yourself, one puts themselves in a position where they can take advantage of those opportunities or the opportunities find them, right? right? And you were in a position at a law firm, you know, and working in an area that likely generated interest from, you know, a recruiter for that particular position, which then led to, so yes, I mean, we obviously luck sort of add to or lend to our careers or our life, but it's what we make of it or the position we put ourselves in when that luck 
you know, hits. Well, luck is when opportunity meets oh, preparation. Here we go. <laughs> oh, wise one. It's, it's true. Oh, oh, wise you had one. an opportunity yes, that, is at, that came upon you and you were ready for it. Yes. And so you, it's, it's more than luck. You created that luck. Well, and, and the networking, right? And the relationships, right. like mm-hmm. you said, Angela, the internal and external relationships, you know, you have to work at those and yeah. create those, you know, relationships in order to have the luck and the opportunity and, and, you know, take advantage of that stuff. Yeah. And right. I think getting sorry. to know people on a friendly basis, if you're not necessarily going to them and saying, Hey, you know, give me work or I want a job or it's just, Hey, can you tell me about what, what it is that you do? I, right. I, I'm interested in your industry and I want to learn more. Can you yeah. point me to some resources? Yeah. And it's all in friendly conversation. That's exactly. a great point. No, I think you were going to say the same thing, yeah. which is, that's a great point, which is, what a lot of young lawyers have to learn, a lot of seasoned lawyers know, is that you just create the relationship and that at some point it may bear fruit in terms of work or opportunity, but it may not, you know, and it may bear fruit in a different form, right? Like you may end up in a case with somebody on the other side that you have a relationship with, just that makes that sort of matter work, you know, just work better. And so it's not about getting hey, if I, you know, go to lunch with somebody, I'm going to get a matter. I'm going to get a case. I'm going to get a client. You know, it's, I mean, just create a relationship and then let's see what happens. And it's a, it's a marathon, you know, it takes time and you have to work at it. Yeah. Excellent point. I think actually, I think, you know, networking is probably a misnomer. To me, networking is walking into a room and handing out business cards and shaking hands with people you don't know. And, you know, what you're talking about is, I mean, we call it, we're calling it networking, but it's really relationship building, yeah. to, you know, to Brett's point. And, Absolutely. and I think a lot of people underestimate the importance of doing that internally in the office, in the, you know, in, especially in big firms or big companies. Right. In smaller companies, it's a little easier. It's almost harder to not build a relationship with people if, you, if you're somewhat social. But in big companies, you know, I remember encountering this in big law, going out and meeting other lawyers in other offices or other practices or other floors and just getting to know people is a great way to, you know, yeah. to build your, your foothold into it in a firm or a company. And I would imagine, Angela, that when you made the, I think you said you made the pitch to be in your current position, right? That you had an existing relationship with that person that you, to whom you made the pitch. So it wasn't like, well, who is this person? Or right. yeah, I kind of know her, but I don't really know her. When you made that pitch, they already knew who you were, what you're about. And so that I think probably eased the path for the decision for you to, you know, to take that position. That's absolutely right. Yes. I had an existing relationship with that person. I spoke with him on a relatively frequent basis. He knew the work that I was doing you know, not just from me, but from other people and the the successes that I'd had. And he knew the big cases that I was involved in. And so I, I got the impression that my suggestion that, you know, maybe I could do this on a bigger scale was not at all a surprise. (laughs) Um, And it was very much welcomed, you know, which obviously, you know, made me feel good. But I had spent time not purposely establishing this relationship. And you're right, networking is sort of a misnomer, because you're really just getting to know getting to know people. Right. But it was, you know, over a four or five year period of time. Yeah. Let me ask you now, shifting gears a little bit, you know, you used to be the lawyer hired by these companies and now you're the general counsel of a series of companies. And I imagine that from time to time you hire outside counsel. So what are we doing wrong? 
all these law firms. Slap us I around. Love that <laughs> you I love, love that it. question. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for asking that. Because I do, I see lots of different behaviors. And I will say, to me, the number one thing, and actually, Jeff, you taught me this. Oh, I hope it's is, something to do right, not something to do wrong. No, 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 it's good. As inside counsel, we want to be informed by outside counsel. Even if there's nothing going on with my matter, I want you to touch base with me every couple of weeks and say, hey, we haven't gotten the ruling yet from the judge. I would expect that maybe we'll we'll get it before they go on summer break. Or, you know, we could consider filing, you know, a motion for a status conference if, if you want, if you're eager for a ruling, just reach out to me. And the same goes for casual interactions too. Like reach out to me, let's do lunch if you're in town. You know, those are the law firms that I continue to send work to, the ones that that are, I don't want to say in my face because that, that's not... That's not what I want either. <laughs> but the ones who are memorable, who are around, who are who come to mind. Proactive, um, it sounds like. Well, it's to pretty, me, information is the biggest. Primacy and recency, right? If there are people who are contacting you, again, not just you know to the point of annoyance, but to the point of informing you of what's going on in the matters in which they're handling for you or they're in town and they say, oh, I'm going to be in town and you know, let's, let's get together, you know. When you get something, they're on your mind, right? And they're on your mind for a good reason, not a bad or negative reason. Right. And obviously, you know, doing a good job is is important, but the people that you have the personal relationships with, that that weighs in almost as heavily as, as doing a good job, right? I mean, if you like somebody on a personal level, you're more likely to think of them and hire them. Right. Yeah, the assumption is you're not going to hire any firm that's not capable of doing the work. So now the difference right. is who communicates frequently, who keeps you updated, who, you know, I imagine as a client, the the thing you like least is having to reach out to your lawyers and say, what's right. happening in the case? I haven't heard anything. Yeah, and the same goes for suggesting strategy too, right? Don't just come to me and say, oh, well, we got the settlement offer or, oh, the other side served the discovery. Well, Okay, so what's your proposal? <laughs> yeah, the, to me, the worst question that outside counsel should ask a client is, what do you think? Right. Like, yes. here's my recommendation. Absolutely. Yeah. You're picking on our pet peeves as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a big, big pet peeve for all of us here, yeah. at least us sitting in this room with you, you know, with younger lawyers. And that's what we try to preach to them is that's what clients want to hear. And I'm glad that we're getting that feedback from you as well. That's why you hire outside counsel. To right. give you advice, to make recommendations so that you can then say, all right, well, here, based upon the information that you've provided to me and your advice, I'm going to go this way. Right. I was just going to say on sort of a similar vein, you know, another thing that we don't want in outside counsel is somebody who tells us all the things that are wrong with what it is that we want to do. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> don't tell me I'm wrong. I want to know right. how I can do what I want to do more safely. Like that's the advice that I'm coming to you for. Don't tell, don't CYA on 10 different things that might go wrong. And, and it's fine. If you want to give me advice on sort of the downsides, it's likely I already know it, but tell me how I'm, how we might do something similar, but much safer. Right. Yeah. Don't just say, you know, here's 20 risks. Here are the risks and here's how to mitigate them, right? Exactly. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I think a lot of lawyers forget your objective is to help your client achieve their objective, right? And the other is that clients want lawyers to fight for them, you know? So, you know, I'm, I'm always 
reminding our lawyers to let the client know when you went and fought something and you won a battle for the client, let them know that, hey, you know, the other side wanted to do X, but we opposed it and we prevailed and the ju- you know, judge agreed with us and, and why, not just here's an order, you know, denying a motion for summary judgment. You know, explain to the client what, what it is you did and, you know, how we accomplished that, the client's objective. So I agree. Yeah, we're a team. So, you know, going back to your sort of path to in-house, because I'm fascinated by that, fascinated by your path. Did you have a difficult time with the transition from being an hourly billing lawyer to, you know, becoming an in-house lawyer? How was that transition? That was a tough transition, (laughs) you know, to be totally honest with you. I think in a word, I would describe it as scary, frankly. And that was because... Largely because I was the only attorney. I was the first attorney. And so I was transitioning to a position where there had not been a position before with nobody to guide me as to what I needed to do or how to set expectations or, you know, how to show my value. So, you know, at the time and for a while after I made the transition, it it was scary. I'll be honest. I think I read probably every like ethical brief on the Florida bar website about in-house attorneys <laughs> in like the first couple of months. Cause I'm like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, but you know, it taught me a lot of valuable lessons in that it's important to, to listen to your, your internal client, to set their expectations, to understand their expectations. For example, you know, a lot of non-lawyers don't realize that you know, we're licensed in particular states. And so if you've got an issue in, you know, Georgia, you know, I can tell you what Florida law is, but I can't necessarily tell you what Georgia law is. And so a lot of that, those initial expectations were scary and were difficult. But I think at the same time, as an attorney, you sort of, you analyze things differently. And I think business people very much appreciate that. So, you know, voicing my concerns or, giving ideas on how we might do things better, you know, I think is something that's very valued and, you know, getting to know operations a lot was obviously a big piece of that. So I I spent the first several months just digging into operations. Learning. And I think that's, yeah. And I, you know, it's funny is I remember as you told that story about reading every article on the Florida bar side, I remember, I think it was, you know, in the beginning of your career, it was maybe your first deposition. You came to me, as you're preparing and you had a book on depositions and it was all marked up and flagged and highlighted and you prepared to me. It was like, you didn't know how to do something. So you went out you found a resource and you read it. Like you, I said, I'm going to learn how to do this before I do it. And it sounds like that you did that in this role as well. Yeah. I think knowing your subject matter and knowing the people, I think, you know, sitting back before I expressed strong opinions and changes and things like that, getting to know the business, getting to know the operations, getting to know the people was the most significant part and was an important first step to gaining credibility. Yeah. I mean, listen, working hard, educating yourself, right. And preparing or whatever it is that you need to prepare for is, you know, once you kind of have to get to a position where you're making a decision or you're being asked questions, you've done the hard part already, right? You've prepared and now, you know, just stepping in to make a decision based on the information that you've, you know, obtained that can apply whether you're transitioning to in-house position, whether you handle a new client matter, 
an old climate or a new issue comes up, I mean, whatever it is, right, that serves you really well. And my memory is very similar to Jeff's in that I always remember that you would find those resources, right? It wasn't just, let me go and I'll look on Westlaw. No, no, no. It was, I'm going to Google, I'm going to figure it out and get those resources. And, and that is really, that's in, invaluable in terms of preparing and being a good lawyer or, you know, whether it's in-house or, or outside is preparing and educating yourself and having all that information, you know, available to you when it's time to put it to work. Yeah, yeah. no, you're absolutely right. And I now regularly have to explain difficult legal concepts to essentially laypersons, And so preparing for that is a different sort of preparation, but it, and at the same, in the same time, I mean, it, it requires the same amount of preparation, but it, it's just different as outside counsel versus inside counsel. You know, my, the business people want more business specifics and, you know, empirical data and things like that. But even as outside counsel, you're still talking to business people, right? I mean, those are your clients. And so, you know, the conversations are, can be similar, but preparation is definitely key because they're always going to have questions, right? And often they're going to, oftentimes they're going to push back, you know, well, that's not really, you know, what if we do this? So I think being prepared for the different paths that those conversations can take is important. Right. And learning what you can, because, you know, like you said, people are always going to have questions, but the difference is, are you going to try to figure it out yourself first and then go ask the question or just say, oh, you know, can you answer this question for me? And I think a question is much more well received when the person asking it has, has at least attempted to answer it, has at least dug a little digging, you know, did some digging before asking it. At least that's sort of our experience. You know, like when a junior lawyer comes in and says, well, how do I do this? And you say, well, what have you looked at to try to figure it out yourself? Well, nothing. Well, I mean, especially now, there's so many resources available to solve any, you know, to help figure out really anything that before you come and ask a question, you should have already looked into it as much as you can. Right. Yeah. Business executives are the same as law firm partners. They, they want you to have some suggestions before right. you ask the question. Right. You know, as part of the preparation, it's scenario playing, right? Once you you know, have been in that situation before, it may not be the same issue, but you've been in that situation. So, you know, okay, this is generally what they're looking for. And so I have to scenario play and prepare for potential questions in this area or down that path. And what would my answers be? And where does that lead? Right. And that's also part of the preparation. It's not so linear all the time. And you have to think about, okay, well, when I'm in that room, they're going to ask me, what are they going to want to know? Okay. Let me follow that down there. What else may they want to know? Okay, let me follow that down there. So to me, that's part of the preparation, right? It's like you're standing in front of a judge, right? It's the same, right? same thing, right? I mean, but whether it's a client, a judge, opposing counsel, it, you know, or business people, I mean, you have to think to yourself, okay, let me put myself in their shoes and what are they going to ask me? Yeah. And what would my answers be? And, you know, what affects my answers? Sometimes it's okay to say, Right. Well, here's what I, I believe the answer to be based on, you know, what I have. But let me go back. Let me dig a little deeper, you know, and, and I'll get back to you. Yeah. And that's a great point, because you do get a lot of that as the only lawyer yeah. <laughs> across seven divisions and subsidiaries. People call you with all kinds of questions, you know, off the cuff. And it is absolutely OK to say here's my instinct, you know, this is my thought, but let me research it a little bit and I'll get back to you. And maybe that involves a call to outside counsel who specializes in this kind of thing. But yeah, you have to 
be very prepared on the fly for all kinds of questions and be okay with saying, you know what, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, you just pointed out that, you know, as, as lawyers, first of all, we are problem solvers and we should be problem solvers. Right. But probably the, well, one of the most important characteristics of a good lawyer is being resourceful. So like when you encounter a problem that you haven't seen before, you got to figure out, you know, how to solve it. But some of that, you know, finding the solution is, who, you know, who to ask. Is it one of my partners, somebody down the hall? Is it a specialist in the area? What are my resources? And, you know, the best lawyers are the ones who know where to go to solve, you know, solve problems or answer questions that they haven't seen before. So, yeah, I think that goes yeah. back to the networking thing again, right? I mean, yeah. that's, you know, if you know the person or the resource that may have the answer for you or could point you in the right direction. Yeah, no, and I think that's one of the keys to, you know, being a, a good networker and or being a good resource for clients and colleagues. I always tell clients and we always tell clients, hey, when you have a question, call us. Even if it's not our area of expertise, we know someone we know everyone. We know someone that does what you need. And if we don't know, we know where to find them. So yeah, I want our clients to call us for any legal need. You can call us for any legal need. Anytime, anytime. Angela, and any last advice for someone who's sort of in that position? Because I think twice in your career, you've created a position. And I think that's a unique you know, skill set, I will. I would think that it takes... One, you know, not only foresight, but also courage, just the idea to go to your boss and say, here's a need in the company that I think I can fulfill. Any advice for someone who's sort of thinking that in their, you know, in their position somewhere, lawyer or not? Yeah, I think ask for what you want, you know, whether it's internally or, you know, externally. But before you go looking for you know, whether the grass is greener at, at some other place, take a hard look at where you are and think about the things that might make you happy where you are and ask for those things and be prepared for the answer to be no. But even if it is, say, okay, well, what can I do differently? Or, or you know, what compromises might be made? Or how can, how can we get closer to what it is that I'm asking you for? What can I do differently? I think asking for what you want and being your own agent of change, I guess. Wow. One of the, I mean, you used the word prepared and we talked about it, right? You didn't go in just willy-nilly and say, hey, here's what I think. No, you probably went in with a game plan prepared to answer questions, to address whatever you think would be raised and issues and present it, right? As if you're effectively making an argument to a judge, but present it to, and, and give them a reason to agree with you and grant your request, right? You can't just walk in and say, yeah, I think this. Yeah, I like that answer. Can I, can I change my answer to Brett's answer? <laughs> no, no, you, no, no, you said it. That's, that, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what you said. Yeah. I just, just, you know, sort of adding some meat to the bone. You said prepare, right? And we talked about it this most of the podcast. And part of what I'm sure that when you walked in, you know, and present whatever it was, that it was meaty. It had substance to it because you did your homework in order to make that presentation so that really there was no way that the answer could be no. Right. Well, I had a memo. Yeah, I, right. I put together a memo. I had, you know, facts in there about my successes, things I had done, how I mm -hmm. could save the company money. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of preparation. So now this is the part of the podcast where you heap praise 
on us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything uh, I know, uh, I learned no, from the, Jeff no, and Brett. There you go. I like that. All That's, right, we should just end it right, right there. Right there, but, and we're not doing a podcast. That, we're done. No more. That's it. Yeah, you're saying we're ending the, the whole podcast. podcast. This is it. On that quote, and we're gonna we're gonna put it up. That's blazing it. it. We've peaked on the, okay. on the walls right. of our office. Well, that, no, that, but I really did. I learned a lot from you guys that transitioned into you know my career as a lawyer externally, and then now as in house counsel. I there's a lot of similarities. Fantastic. Yeah. So I did learn a lot. Well, we learned from it's, you yeah. as well, and we're continuing to learn from you today. So thanks for educating us and educating our listeners. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe, share it, and leave a review. Subscribing to the show and leaving a review will help others find the show and it'll help us grow and devote more time and resources to producing better content for you and having special guests like Angela on. So please, please share and review. Angela, thanks so much. This was fun. Thanks, Angela. Great to see you. Thanks, Nelson. Nelson, Brett. Jeffrey. Brett, thank you so much. No, no. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for being, thank you for inspiring us all to be better. Banter. (laughs) For more information on this show and other resources, visit FastAmron.com and connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at FastAmron.com.